So we're uh, continuing our series, Bad Religion, today, uh, named for the famed Los Angeles punk band, Bad Religion. Uh, lead singer Greg Graffin, famous atheist, uh, formed the band in order to uh, alert people to the dangers of religion. Um, and, he's, and as we've said, he's not totally wrong. I mean, there, there is such a thing as bad religion, and Jesus himself is against it. Um, but what's interesting about Greg Graffin and every other person, whether you believe in God or don't, is that we all have faith in something. All of us do. And so uh, for Greg Graffin, that's um, it's, uh, science. That's what he thinks. He's like, I believe in science, which is good. Some people need to believe in science. That's important. Um, but there's a lot of different things that we believe in, lots of different stuff. And, uh, and, and today, Jesus is going to point out to us uh, what happens when, we're, we're going, when, when, when that gets bad, when that gets dangerous. And a little bit surprising, you might uh, be surprised to see that in this text, but it really is here. We'll, we'll hit it together. So let's read uh, together uh, from John 5. So in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate in the north city wall is a pool with the Aramaic name Bethsaida. It had five covered porches, and a crowd of people who were sick, blind, lame, and paralyzed sat there. Now, there was a certain guy who had been sick for 38 years, uh, paralyzed, unable to walk. When Jesus saw him lying there, knowing that he had already been there a long time, he asked him, Do you want to become whole? The sick man answered him, Well... Sir, yeah, I mean, but here's the problem. I don't have anyone who can put me in the water when it's stirred up. We'll talk about that in a bit. When I'm trying to get in, when I'm trying to get to it, someone else has gotten in ahead of me. Immediately, uh, Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Immediately, the man became whole. And he picked up his mat and walked. Now, that day was the Sabbath. There's a little interlude here where the, 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 the Jewish religious leaders get angry because the man's carrying a mat. But for our purposes, not, not necessary. Uh, notice this, though. Later, Jesus found the guy who picked up his mat and walked. And he's in the temple, and he says, Look! You've become whole. And listen to this. Stop sinning, or something worse might happen to you. It's a very odd way for this story to end, right? Like, like he's just he's just healed this guy, and then and then that, and and, and I think there's there's I think that's this is actually the key to understanding this text, and so I got it highlighted here. This this little bit, you've become whole. Stop sinning, or something worse might happen to you. And it brings up the question: Number one, what sinning is this guy doing? I mean, all he's doing is like he's sitting there, like trying trying to get well. He just wants to walk. Right? And Jesus is like, stop it. Uh, if you're reading in your, the New King James Pew Bible or in any of your, uh, on your Bible app with the NIVs and whatnot, uh, it'll probably say something like, you've become well or uh, you've been healed. Um, and, and, and that's not entirely, uh, that, that's, that's actually softening it a bit. This is actually the only time, uh, there's one other time in, in, the, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the other gospel writers, where this phrase, you have become whole or you've been healed, gets used. This is a very odd way of saying you've been healed. There's lots of times where Jesus is, is, is going around healing people, right? And usually the words that get used are things like therapeuo. That's the most common uh, Greek word for healing. It's where we get our word therapy, right? We think that when we're in physical therapy, we're healing our body. 
Um, if we're in therapy, we're healing our minds. It's, it's straight from the Greek. There's another less used Greek word, eomai, but also common. Those are the only two words that Matthew, Mark, and Luke use to talk about Jesus' healings. But here Jesus uses a very different phrase. It's an odd phrase, and it literally means you have become whole, well, health, uh, complete, sound, something like that. And I think that's a key. I think there's a key here. Uh, Jesus isn't just saying you've been healed. He's saying something more than that. And that might help us understand how this whole stop sinning and something worse might happen to you than, than being paralyzed for 38 years is possible. You guys know J.P. Sears? He's the, uh, this guy, the, he's my doppelganger. <laughs> J.P. Sears. It's like, uh, you imagine me with long hair and like zero body fat. It's this guy. Uh, he got his start, he's kind of a comedian. He, start, he started out um, lampooning uh, essential oils and, you know, veganism. And, and he actually is those things. He likes essential oils and vegan. But he noticed, he noticed that there's this very odd thing that Americans especially are obsessed with. And that is something like complete wellness, right? And so even though most of us who live in, like, I mean, honestly, it's really a, kind of a middle to upper middle class phenomenon, people who are doing really well in life, all things considered, have good health, but there's something missing. And so we need to come up with, you know, this is how the yoga craze got started and, and the, yeah, the essential oils and the seaweed wraps and all the various different things that you can do. It's, it's like, yeah, you're healthy, you're, you're, you're not sick or anything, but, but there's something still wrong, right? There's still something a bit broken here. And so you could say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm healthy, but I'm not whole. And so I need to change my diet or do this or that. And then I'll eventually come to a place where I'm the best version of me. You know, and, and so J.P. Sears, he's gotten a little political recently. Dude's not happy about vaccines or, uh, or mandates or anything. So he's, he's definitely gotten off a little bit. But that's how I got to start. Lampooning the idea that, yes, you can be healthy, but there's something more that people want or desire. And, there, and he even notices it's probably something spiritual. And so we, we have this odd way of where we're trying, to, trying to, to, to cobble together something better than just being healthy. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at by using this become whole rather than be well, be healed. I think he's saying, look, man, I, I know you need to walk. I get that. But there's something more to life than just walking. Because we know a lot of people who are very good at walking who are very, very broken and incomplete. And so that's the first thing in your note sheets. Um, becoming whole means more than just being healthy, more than just being healed. Uh, Jesus has something larger in mind here. And that brings up the question, what does the man have in mind? Well, let's look. What does he say? Jesus, remember, Jesus asked him, do, do you want to become whole? Do you want to become complete? And the sick man answers him and says, well, I don't have anyone to put me in the water when it's stirred up. When I'm trying to get to it, someone else goes in ahead of me. Uh, you may not know this, but uh, critical scholarship for the last 300 years did not believe that there was such a place as the pool of Bethsaida. Um, there's something similar mentioned in Josephus, but other than this place in John, there had been no mention of it in the ancient world. And so most scholars thought that uh, John just made this up. Interestingly, in 1964, uh, Jewish archaeologists actually uncovered it. 
And the reason they couldn't find it was because it was underneath a Byzantine church that had been destroyed in like the 8th century. And so they had to get all of those things aside, and then they found it. Here, here's what it looks like uh, today. You can go visit it in Israel. Um, and we then found out, because of its location, we found out its Roman name, and found out that this pool uh, was known in, in Rome as a shrine of Asclepius, who you may remember, because you love Roman uh, mythology, is the god of healing. Um, and he's the, the, he's the snake god, the god of healing. And so even as early as the first century, this uh, pool was, was known in the area for having magical healing water. Uh, Romans, Gentiles, and Jews all knew about this special magical place. And what would happen, and probably because of the gases underneath, from time to time the water would start to swirl up. And it would be like a, almost like a, like a little whirlpool. And it would, would bubble up because there's underground um, aquifers and caverns beneath it. And so if you've seen uh, the show The Chosen, anyone seen that one? Very popular right now. Uh, chosen. There's a scene that this this gets uh, this this story is is one of the things that they do. And there's this amazing scene where the water begins to bubble up. And we, we have a slide here. And so the people who came, knowing that the water was magical, knowing that it had special divine powers, would run and leap. And the idea was whoever touched the uh, the swirling bit first had a really good chance of getting well, getting healed. Which is silly. Those ancient people with their ridiculous traditions and mysticism. We all know that water's not magical. That's just ridiculous. I've been watching you over the last few years. I've noticed you're into some weird stuff. Check this out. Check, check this out. Has anyone have the, uh, the alkaline water machine? The magic water machine? Yeah. It's cool, like, so, I, do you know what turmeric is? Apparently it's some kind of spice. And apparently it's yellow, is that correct? Well, when you put turmeric, if you, if you use the magic alkaline water and you put it on turmeric, it turns red. And that's how you know that it heals you. It's incredible, incredible stuff. If you just drink the magic water, everything's going to be fine. Uh, some of you like, uh, like uh, you know, the hot bath, right? Going to the, uh, the hot baths. I was a big fan of this in Japan. Top right there, I got a picture of an onsen. The Japanese really perfected this. And one of the cool things is uh, the, the snow monkeys will join you in the winter when you're in the public baths. And uh, so I went once uh, with my, my buddy and my boss, Machida-san. And Machida-san's like, look, whatever you do, don't look in their eyes. It'll claw your face off. I was like, That would never happen in America. I was like, the lawsuits would be for me. But in Japan, they're like, that's your fault. You looked at the monkey. Uh, but, but, but we know, and, and, and the Japanese people know, and we know that if you, especially with natural minerals, if you get into very hot baths and you sweat, and you, the water, you know, you, it's good for you, right? It releases the toxins. That's what you tell me. It releases the toxins. The one I believe in is the bottom left, the sauna. Because, man, if you've ever been in a sauna, when you get out, it feels great. Your heart's pounding. You've lost 30% of the water in your body. Like, it feels incredible. And so you know that you've been healed. Bottom right, this is Stella. This is her jam. The juice cleanse. Yeah. Who's done a juice cleanse? Be honest. That's it, you liars. Every woman here has done a juice cleanse. That was sexist. Sorry. Okay, fasting, whatever it is. I only drink water with lemon juice in it for seven days, and suddenly I'm healed. 
Now, I'm not saying these things don't have medicinal value. They probably do. Um, I'm just saying that I... I'm just saying that, that the, the ancient people that we tend to like look down on are probably less superstitious than we think they are. In fact, it might be the case that human beings have noticed that water has something to do with life and rejuvenation, given the fact that if we don't drink it, we die. And so we've noticed that there are different things that are involved with water that can help give us life and, 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 and heal us. And so I don't think it's so crazy for this guy to believe in this magical pool uh, that, that, that can heal him. But as modern people, even those of us who don't get involved in like, uh, the well, obviously not involved in the wellness thing. <laughs> Dying at 52, that heart attack's coming. Uh, I gotta clean it up. I gotta get better. I know. Um, even those of us who are, aren't, we, we still find, we still have places and things that we put our hope in. Right? So, like, this man's hoping that getting in the water is going to fix his legs. A lot of us hope that if we do this juice cleanse, we'll lose seven pounds and be, you know, healthier. But there's a whole lot more places and things that all of us put our hope in. And we believe that if we just go there, do this, get that, we'll be whole. And I suggest to you that Greg Graffin, lead singer of Bad Religion, is just as religious as the rest of us in the sense that he puts his hope, his faith in his band, his fame, his professorship, the selling of his books, the different things that accompany his life. He's hoping in those things for the wholeness that we all want. And so, Greg, if you're listening, you too participate in Bad Religion. This next thing, your note sheets. Bad religion hopes for wholeness in all the wrong places. And it brings up a question. Where's your hope? What is it that you're saying, oh man, that's, I think honestly for a lot of us, um, vacation is a, is, a, is a big place where we, that's going to make me whole. I'm going to work hard. And I'm going to, once I get out there to that place, once I get back to Hawaii, things will be right. Your school, your education. There's so many different things that we think, oh, if I just attain that or get there, finally I'll be healed. Finally I'll be complete. And yet I've noticed that no matter how big my TV gets, I always want a bigger one. So the man's placing his hope for wholeness in magic water. What else is he placing his hope for wholeness in? Let's look back at the text. Just skip the next one. Let's go right to the text. The sick man answered him, Sir, I don't have anyone to put me in the water. When I'm trying to get in, someone's gotten in in front of me. Presumably, now notice, isn't it interesting that Jesus doesn't, what does Jesus not do? He doesn't say, I got you, bro. And he sits there, and he's like waiting. Maybe he has his disciples do it, I don't know. And as soon as the water comes, he picks them up and throws them in. And that's not what Jesus does. But that's what the man wants. He's like, if I can just find that person who's strong enough and committed enough to wait with me and muscle out everybody else to protect me and, and, and hold on to me, then I'll finally get in and I'll finally be whole. 
And I think this one hits a lot closer to home because, man, we are people who want to believe in people. I got some Joes and Joeys and Joels that a lot of us hope in. No one's named Joe here today? Thank God. Top right there, Joe Biden. I mean, I don't know if you noticed the last couple of years, people have been pretty invested in who's the president. There's been some people who are like, bad orange man must remove crazy, crass, evil president. And man, they put their hope, we put our hope in Joe Biden to restore normalcy and honor. And there's other people now who are like, this Joe Biden is bad at being president. If only we can get Trump, possibly DeSantis, in in 2024, things will be whole. Our country will be fixed, united, at peace. Got Joel Osteen. He used to have the biggest church in, the, in, in all of the country. I don't know if it's still the same. Uh, I do know that COVID has rocked a lot of churches, especially the really big ones. But um, I've, I've heard this guy speak, and it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, he has a very, very soothing voice, I've noticed. <clears throat> if you haven't heard him, it's like, now, you might be wondering if God has good things for you. <laughs> right? you, might, you might wonder, and I'm telling you, he does. I was talking to a professional baseball player last week, and he prayed out to the Lord, and the Lord gave him a win. my Joel impression. Um, I don't know anything about Joel Osteen. All I know is that there are a lot of people um, who are looking for a leader guy. You know, it could be a pastor, a priest, a rabbi. It could just be like a life coach or something like that. But uh, somebody, a man or a woman, a leader guy, leader lady, who has it all figured out and who's perfect and who's going to just guide you through. And if you can just attach to that person and be close to that person and follow that person, then you'll be whole. <clears throat> I got bad news for you. Um, leader guys and leader ladies are some of the most screwed up people in the world. They really are. I, uh, I speak from experience. Um, and the closer you get to them, the more you realize what their weaknesses and their flaws are. Which is why I don't let Erin tell anybody anything about me. <laughs> she knows the truth. There's Joe Rogan. I, for a long time, uh, took shots at, like, uh, you know, the life guru types. Um, but I've found that Joe Rogan is like, uh, if you don't know who he is, he's a, he, he's worked for UFC or something. Or he, Actually, Jen, didn't, wasn't he your buddy when you won, uh, what's that called? Some water. Thanks, bro. What's that called? Fear Factor. Wasn't it Joe Rogan? Yeah, Jen met Joe Rogan because he was the host of Fear Factor. She won. She had to, like, eat slugs or something. There's a video you can find it on YouTube. Um, Joe Rogan uh, has made a name for himself by being the man's man. By saying, I have figured out the world, I've figured out life, and, uh, and, and, and he's, he's, like, he's like Gwyneth Paltrow for men. And so he like, he's like into guns and hunting, and uh, he takes really good care of his body, he's ripped, he's really funny and interesting. And so I know a lot of people who are uh, total atheists who treat Joe Rogan like a pastor. Like, they're like, man, that guy, he's got it all figured out. He understands life. And if I could just do life like that, if I could just be with Joe. And then Friends. The reason Friends was popular was because um, 
it was, it was like uh, Joey and Chandler, Phoebe, Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, and one other, David Schwimmer. Uh, it was like you were in their crowd, right? Here are the people who lived this perfect, amazing life. They had these incredible relationships. And, and not only were they friends, but, but we became their friends. And it, and it was like, if I, was, if I could just be with a group like this who understand and care about each other, then, then man, I would finally be whole. For 38 years, the man sits at the edge of the pool of Bethsaida. And he thinks to himself, if I could just find one person that I could depend on, I could finally be whole. Well, that's bad religion. Next thing you know, she's bad religion hopes for wholeness in all the wrong people. We all believe that there's a boss or a friend or a spouse or a companion that's going to make us whole. That brings up a question. You know, who is it for you? Who, who is it that you're looking to? What group of people? What person? Who is it that you're looking to and saying, if I can just be closer to this person, if I can just follow this person, if this person would just invest a little more in me, if these people, if I could be a part of this group, th- then I'd finally be whole. Let's go back uh, to the text. Jesus says to the man, he's like, you've become whole now. And when he says, stop sinning, or something worse might happen to you, I think what Jesus is saying is he's saying, stop trusting the water. Stop trusting in people. You're, you're off looking for, for healing over there. It's right here. You didn't need the water. You didn't need someone to to carry you down. What you needed was me. And every single time you start looking off at the water or a person, you are missing real, genuine, eternal, full life. When you're trusting in anything else but me for wholeness, you're irreparably broken. I think Jesus is actually saying, because, I mean, think about it. From the perspective of of those of us who've either been ill and have have recovered, or for those of us who are not ill and we, we have great health, can you imagine something worse than 38 years of not being able to walk? And you know what's crazy? Jesus is literally saying to this man, it would be better for you to not walk and have the life that I give you than for you to walk around the rest of your life looking everywhere else for what only I can give. Now that is, a, that is a pretty bold, crazy statement to say it would be better for you to still be on the edge of the pool if you were trusting in me than it would be for you to be prancing around the temple and putting your faith and your hope and your trust in anybody or anything else. It's the last thing in, in your note sheets. Good religion. 
Good religion trusts in Jesus for the wholeness that comes with eternal life. Uh, Eternal life doesn't get mentioned in this passage. It does later on in the chapter. But most of us, when we hear the words eternal life, what we think of is we think heaven. Whatever happens after this life is over. Uh, the, The life that extends forever. But that's not what eternal life is. And John's very clear about this. Jesus is clear about it in John. Uh, John's clear about it in first through third John. Eternal life is the life of God, union with God through Christ right now. It's living a life where you're trusting in Jesus and hearing from Jesus and, and, and that's it. That's the, the, that's what makes you right with God. It's what makes you right with others. It's what gives you the way and the hope and the truth and the life to get through life, to be a part of life. Eternal life is, I mean, I don't want, I don't want to knock it. I mean, it is eternal life. It's, it's, it's everything in the future forever. Absolutely. But it's something you can live now. Jesus really believes, I am the living water, and if you drink me, you will have life. You'll be empowered by the Spirit to do and live in a way you've never lived before. God has a vision for who you are going to become, and in me, by trusting me, by just following me, you will become that person. Now, here. Doesn't mean you'll be perfect. Doesn't mean you're going to be, you know, a super saint. But it does mean that you will be whole. You will have that completion, that satisfaction, that, that peace, that shalom peace that has been the desire of every human being throughout all history. You have it. Believe in me. You've had enough of the water. You've had enough of the people. Trust me for life. It's hard for us to believe this, you know? It's hard, it's hard for us to... We're like, no, no, we really do need uh, to have the government do X, Y, and Z, and, and then things will be perfect. And that's, that's just it's part of being human. It's hard. But I, I love the story of, uh, of Karen Robinwood. We, um, they, they, they began Camp Allendale. So last week, last Saturday, Dave uh, Bacon led a group of us, and we went, and we did like a work day. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a camp for kids who have been neglected, abused, and, and cast off by their parents. Um, and so we were there, we were hanging out, and, and I'll never forget, uh, the first time, uh, Robin shared what, um, what had happened to him and the reason that he got into Camp Allendale. Uh, in the, in the mid-80s, Robin and Karen were living in Newport, and he had a really sweet job. He was making a ton of money. He was driving a Porsche, uh, which I, are they still, do they still do Porsches? Okay. I don't, I don't follow the car thing, but at the time, it was like super, super cool. And they lived in an amazing home. And they were starting to have kids. And one day, Robin uh, came home to Karen, and he looked at his beautiful home, and he looked at the, the ocean, and he looked at his Porsche, and he looked at his wife, and he says, I hate my life. There's nothing to this. It's all going away. We're all going to die. And here I am breaking my back day in, day out, week in, week out. I don't know you. I don't know the kids. I don't know. I, I hate life. And Robin came to Coast Bible Church, and there he heard, if you will simply trust in Jesus, your sins will be forgiven, and a whole new future will be given to you. And no one knows what that future is going to be like, but it's going to be a future that has meaning, that's real, that's powerful. You're going to start living a whole new life, an eternal life, God's life, here and now, all the way into eternity. And Robin and Karen, they raised their hands and said, yes, we believe. And they cried and they had their sins forgiven. And then they started praying and thinking and they were a part of this congregation for several years. And finally, they realized what we really want to do is help kids 
That's, that's what we really want to do. We want, we want to bless kids with Jesus. And they sold the house, they sold the Porsche, they sold all that stuff. And they went to live in this janky little house in Idlewild. And every week during the summer, children whose parents had beat them with cords, had sexually abused them, had left them for dead, those kids would come up on buses and they would sit there and they would hear that Jesus loved them and they would see people who loved them, who cared for them. And then they would go back down the mountain and they would join a church. And these kids who had no hope, who had no parents, no home, no nothing, just caught in the system, would then somehow be extricated and saved from it and live real, valuable, amazing lives. And all because Robin and Karen stopped trusting in their place and their things and these people to make them whole. What would happen to us if we genuinely stopped trusting in all these things and instead trusted in Jesus to make us whole? What incredible things are going to come out from Coast Bible Church again? What's the next Camp Allendale? The next Haiti? What is it? I don't know, but I know this. It begins with trusting in Jesus to make you whole. Maybe you've never done that in your life. Maybe you've, you've, you've been around church, you think, you know, God's cool and I want to make him happy or something like that, but you've never just thrown it all and said, Jesus, I trust you for life. Forgiveness and real life. Now's your moment. Maybe you've done that. But you're, if you're honest with yourself, you've not been accessing that eternal life. You've been running away from it. You've been ignoring it. it seems hard. It's going to cause you to give up things you don't want to give. How's your moment? Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, we confess our bad religion. We confess that we keep looking to the water, to people, to make us whole. And God, we confess right now that your son Jesus is the only way to make us whole. For anyone here who's never said something like this, pray with me. God, I'm not whole. I'm broken. I'm a sinner. I look to everything but Jesus for life. And I want to quit. I want to stop. I want Jesus. I want you to give me your life now. I trust you to make me whole. To set for me a new destiny, a new future. For those of us who've who've gotten off the track, of course we believe, but we're not trusting. We pray, God, rekindle our, our simple childlike trust in Jesus, the following of Jesus for everything that we need, for peace in our country, peace in our homes, peace in our hearts. 
Jesus, lead us into your work. Lead us um, in the power of your spirit into the light and truth we need so that we can re-grasp meaning and value. That we can start being a part of something eternal again. Jesus, we trust you. And in your name we pray. Amen.